Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around, love is in the air. Every sight and every sound. Who knows that song? Love. Nothing personal word of the day. May the third be with you. Wise love the word of the day because the biggest news since last week, not the draft, not baseball, not basketball. The biggest news is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers heading toward what can only be described as a DOC, a divorce of convenience. Who's it convenient for? We got to break it down because I got a few things to say about what's going on. And it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers going to the Kentucky Derby. It has nothing to do with Shalene Woodley being Yoko Ono and not liking Green Bay. I tweeted that. That was fun. Of course, that's not why Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers. It has nothing to do with Shailene not having nice restaurants in Green Bay. It has nothing to do with Shailene and her friendship with Miles Teller, that great actor from Whiplash and all the other great movies he's been in. Thank you for your service. Nope. Nothing to do with A.J. Hawk or Pat McAfee or even Brady Quinn, whose sister is married to A.J. Hawk. It has nothing to do with any of that, it has to do with love. All you need is love. Na, 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 na. It's a double song day. So let me take it back last year. Green Bay Packers, second round. Was it second round, Coca? I'm not a draft guy. First round, second round. They take this quarterback, Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is upset. He needs help, wants help, deserves help. He hadn't yet won the MVP last year. He hadn't yet gone to the NFC Championship. This was last offseason. He was upset that he was not being heard or consulted. Bad communication. They have a GM there, been there a couple of years. Wasn't talking to Rodgers. What exactly would you say, hey, Aaron, we're thinking of drafting your heir apparent like we drafted you to be Brett Favre's heir apparent. Could have said that. Would you be that honest with one of your players? Absolutely not. After the fact, you say, like the GM has been saying, we should have spoken more. We should have let him know what we were doing. Do you think they just thought of that? Do you think they're only thinking of that because of the response that Aaron Rodgers had last year going into this year? Absolutely not. It's a straight CYA public statement saying we didn't do what we should have done because our star is unhappy. People are all over the inter-Google talking about how upset they are and sad they are for Aaron Rodgers, how uncomfortable it'll be for Aaron Rodgers to be around his heir apparent, how uncomfortable it is that the Packers keep drafting people on the defensive side of the ball and trying to run them out of the cheese state. That is all a bunch of horse hockey. The reality is that the people who run the Packers run that team well. That team has all pros at many positions. That team has been successful. Aaron Rodgers has won Super Bowl. So did Brett Favre. Brett Favre won those three MVPs in a row and then was run out of town in favor of Aaron Rodgers. But the feeling was he was past his prime at the time. But Aaron Rodgers is a current MVP. He's in his prime. But when you are running a team, it is your job to be smarter than we are as fans. You know that. Don't listen to fans or you will soon be amongst them. You have to be the Tampa Bay Rays. You have to get rid of players before it's time, not after. In football, if you want to not tank, if you want to not 
have any downtime between regimes. The Patriots tried, couldn't do it. The Packers are going to try. And the way to do it is to go from Bledsoe to Brady. That was an injury. To go to Favre to Rodgers. That was a DOC, divorce of convenience between the Packers and Favre Bean. That's all that's happening here. But the world of Packer fans are reacting as though the management of the Packers has done something incredibly offensive and wrong. And then on draft day, which was this past week, rumors are Aaron Rodgers being traded. Deal in place, Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers told his teammates, I'm not coming back. Do you know how teammates leave at the end of a season? So you play your last game of a season. And some people who are taken out of the game actually leave the clubhouse, get permission to leave the clubhouse. If you end on the road, they don't have to fly with the team. The collective bargain agreement in baseball says if your team ends on the road, you have to provide a private plane charter back to the home city. Most players don't live in the home city, so they don't want to take a plane back to the home city. If you're playing in Colorado and they live on the West Coast, they just fly on their own to the West Coast and you do not have to pay for it. If you end at home, obviously there's no flight anywhere else. The players just disperse. Players often ask for permission if they're taken out of the last game of the season. Can they just leave? We say yes. See you later. They don't sit around talking to their teammates, talking about the season that was, the season that wasn't. When you lose your last playoff game the way the Packers did, you walk into a silent clubhouse, have a silent ride back, come in the next day, grab your crap, and get out. There's no talking by Aaron Rodgers to his teammates. Hey, guess what? I'm giving you an extra hug, extra high five, because I'm not going to be back. That's just not how it happens. Aaron Rodgers didn't text all of his players his whole offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, fullbacks, cornerbacks, and say, I'm not coming back because love is in the air. Everywhere I look around, he didn't do any of that. Aaron Rodgers was angry when they drafted Jordan Love. He channeled that anger into an MVP season. He continues to be angry because he has forgotten from whence he came. He was the beneficiary of a DOC, and now he is the casualty of a DOC. Except what Packer fans are not focusing on, and they must, is that it makes zero sense for the Packers to trade Rodgers now. There are salary cap reasons. There are competitive reasons. Jordan Love's only been behind him for a year. And even if Aaron Rodgers is an absolute baby and does not help him, Jordan Love will learn by osmosis. Remember what we told you when the Aaron Rodgers trade thing came up? I think it was a wait to see that he's not going to get traded. If they trade him before June 1st, it'll be a $31.6 million cap hit. It's not happening. If they trade him after June 1st, it's only a 14.4 cap hit in 21, but then another 17 in 22. So you're splitting up the cap hit, which is still $31.6 million. Keep in mind, though, that Green Bay has a terrible cap situation and they don't want dead cap. When they picked up Aaron Rodgers' option this past offseason, it was done for a reason. Coca, did I have that wrong? Didn't they pick up an option without giving him an extension? I believe they did. 
So where do I conclude? Whose side am I on? I'm not really taking sides on this one. I'm just telling all Packers fans to keep calm and carry on. They're not going to trade him this year, no matter how upset he is, and he's going to play just fine. He's a little bit past his prime, but he obviously had a great year last year. The team is just as good. They have a chance to be good again in 2021. Jordan Love will have another year under his belt. And for all of you who are so DBR, despondent beyond repair, that Favre was moved, look how you did with Rodgers. How do you know that Love will not be in the air for you? The answer is you don't. Does the front office of the Packers, have they earned your trust? Ask, ask yourself that. With their performance, have they earned the right to say that they know more how to build a team than you do? That they know more about what to do with Aaron Rodgers than you do? That they know more about Jordan Love's capabilities than you do? That they know more about the draft than you do? I'm just asking. One of the great things about sports that always made me smile is that everyone assumed that they could do their job better than I could, and only 80% of you were correct. The other 20% I nailed. I could do way better than you did. But think about it. Let's pretend that you're all fans. Let's pretend that there are factors that you don't know about, that there's scouting you don't know about, that there's other indicators that are looked for by scouts. And the reason I know this is that in baseball, every parent's a scout, every fan's a scout, and not one of them knows one thing about scouting. Every president and owner thinks he's a scout, and we don't know one thing about scouting. If you don't go to scout school and learn how to be a scout, you don't know what to look for. You don't know how to project. You just look at a guy and say, ooh, that ball went far. Wow, he just threw a 60-yard dart right during a workout. Holy crap, he did a 4.340. That's our guy. It's absurd. Look, oh, God, did you see that, Coca? What just went right by my window? Some guy doing a 40-inch vertical leap. Draft him. GMAB, please. So three days later, the Green Bay Packers story is now over. Don't worry about his teammates. Don't worry about going to the Derby with some teammates and A.J. Hawk. That's the guy he knows from the McAfee show who is a former Packer. Just know this. The Packers will do everything they can to win year in and year out because winning in Green Bay, that's everything. So I'm going to give you an official wait to see, and we'll revisit it. I promise you that. Aaron Rodgers will not be traded prior to the 2021 season. Wait to see. Wait to see. I was going to sing a song by Kings of Leon. There's only one problem with that, Coca. I don't know one song by Kings of Leon. Or is it Leon? K-O-L. I believe that that is the band that performed prior to the NFL draft. Who watched the draft? I've been waiting three days to talk about it. I, I, I cannot stop thinking about it. I'm just going to give you a little behind the curtain scene as to what Rob Manfred was doing during the NFL draft because he'll tell you he wasn't watching it, but he was. Only the beginning, though. People in the marketing department of baseball will tell you they weren't paying attention, but they were. People in the events department will tell them, ah, we can do it better, but they can't, and they're watching. The amount of MLB envy was so significant that that pink crap that you put, Pepto-Bismol, is that what you put? No, it's not that, Coca. Wait for it. It's right here. Don LaBouche. Uh, calamine lotion. 
Why was I even talking about calamine lotion? Ah, because that's used for poison ivy. There is not an amount of calamine lotion that can cure the envy that MLB feels toward the NFL and their draft. Now, people criticized it, saying they had Kings of Leon singing and they forgot why people were tuning in. I saw that on the Twitter and I smiled. It's all about entertainment. It's all about taking care of the people who are in Cleveland and the sponsors of the draft. It's taking care of the TV audience because the number of people watching the draft who don't know the players would stagger you. But they're watching because the NFL has created a spectacle. That's the beauty of it. And we have tried. That's a dollar coca market. They have tried and tried and tried. And when Rob Manford goes to the podium and says, with the first pick of the 2021 rule for amateur draft, the Houston Astros select Carlos Correa. Who? It's not even there. They bring in like five players. It's nothing. So they sit around trying to figure out how to copy. And so everyone puts musical acts on before big events, do it at the all-star game or do it at halftime of the Super Bowl. It becomes a thing. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. But MLB finishes always with the silver medal, maybe even the bronze. And the NFL gets the gold every time because everyone's watching the draft. People do 20,000 mock drafts, which I should tell you, when you're an executive of a football team, you are looking at every mock draft to get ideas of who to draft. <laughs> not, and I'm not saying anything against my CBS brothers or all the other people who did mock drafts. I'm proud of you guys. Some of you nailed it. I think Jonathan Jones got every pick right for the first four rounds. He works at CBS. I think he got the first 200 picks right. I think Pete Prisco got 210 out of the first 200 right. I know that Brady Quinn, everybody, Danny Cannell, the whole CBS crowd. It's fun to watch, right? It's fun to listen to. A bunch of people doing a mock draft 4.0. It's a snooze fest to me. Because executives don't care. But fans do. But I used to hate mock drafts because it riles all of you up. You guys get all excited about it. Oh, my God, we're taking John Cocktoston. Oh, no, we didn't. Boo. Oh, we got Waddle. Yay. Oh, we missed out on spicy sauce. Oh. That's it. I'm moving on. All right, Coca. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Did you read? I read a bunch of things. I've been watching a lot of baseball. And I've noticed something that uh, I couldn't wait anymore to discuss. When Instant Replay started, we, again, that's $2 on a random Monday, Coca-licious. When Re Instant Replay started, what happened, actually, wait a minute, I get that dollar back because it was a we, because I was a we during Instant Replay and its nascent struggles, but now it's a they. Instant Replay was always done in conjunction with umpires, always done with kick gloves, and we don't want to show up any umpires. We want them all to be in favor of instant replay. And we're going to publicly say that umpires always want to get the call right. And we're going to say that they're cooperating, even though the relationship between the umpires union and the owners is as bad as the players union and the owners. What's the common denominator? 
union, not owners. It's not that I'm anti-union. I've told you this. I'm anti-union when it's not meant to protect migrant workers or those who are being completely taken advantage of in every possible way to the point that they can't live. Umpires, believe you me, are doing fine. So are players. So the umpires always said, let's get it right. But they didn't mean it. They don't want to be showed up. So when they go through the rules of what can be used for instant replay, what can't, every rule that instant replay has about when you can use instant replay, what's required, what the threshold is, it is all based on umpires, all of it, saying don't show me up. But for whatever reason, there has been, there's been a decent turnover in MLB umpires. It is really hard to be. Let me start by saying that. Actually, I'm in the middle. Let me middle by saying this. It is hard to be an MLB umpire. The game is very, very fast. The plays are bang, bang. You have to be in an exact right position. You're doing it using your ears, your eyes, your instinct. There's about a gazillion rules you have to know. It is, and they always have to be in your mind. You have to pay attention to everything that's going on in the field and also see if the pitcher's balking. So there's so many things an umpire's doing, but the umpires are struggling. This year has been so much more glaring than in other years. We saw the Mets game end on a Michael Conforto hit by pitch, which shouldn't have been. We saw the Brewers pitcher Godley get called for an interference that was clearly not an interference against the Marlins. We've seen mistakes in the base paths where umpires are calling players in the path or out of the path when they're in the path or out of the path, but the opposite. And so the question is, there was an interference call the other day. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember the game, but they called an interference at a very bizarre time. And I think it was called by a pretty veteran umpire. And I, there was not one angle I could tell was interference. I've been thinking to myself, what do we do about this situation? Because it's getting serious. And it's second level of serious. The first level is competitive integrity, making sure your umpires, the referees are not betting on the games that they're umpiring or refing. Right? You don't want another Tim Donahue of the NBA. You want no umpires betting, no matter how much baseball is uh, accepting betting, no matter how much umpires may bet on other sports, may not. I'm not saying, not because I'm not saying, because I actually don't know. I've never talked gambling with an umpire. I would never talk gambling with anyone in baseball. We would never talk about the lines. We'd never talk about any sort of gambling sports betting when I was in baseball. So the umpires have a situation where with the turnover, with the extra attention being brought on them, that there's going to be a point of inflection here. They're trying robotic umps at home plate in lower leagues, non-affiliated leagues. They're trying to make plays easier by making bases bigger. They're going to try to do something with instant replay. I promise you that. Because what Rob Manford has to do before it's too late is to take the bull by the horns and say, we cannot accept the mistakes that are being made and we have the ability to fix them. And the way to fix them is with fast instant replay, tennis style instant replay, where there is a decision made within seconds. Yes, interference, no interference. Yes, out of the base path. No, in the base path. Yes, HBP, no HBP. Yes, fair, no foul. Even if it means investing in putting the lines all the way down the line, the same thing that tennis has, where you have a camera because it can be done, where you can show whether a ball touched the line or not, 
where you have a camera angle to see whether there's fan interference or player interference. We've got the technology. In the old days, we didn't have anything. There's now HD. Do you remember back in the day, Coca? You were probably too young for this. When High Definition first started, all the television broadcast partners would have a big announcement. They'd call a press conference and say, this year, the Marlins will have 155 games on Fox Sports Florida, and seven of them will be in high definition. Uh, everyone was so excited about that. Seven games in high def. Now, obviously, every game is high def. There's extra high def cameras. It is the accepted norm now, and there's cameras everywhere. MLB spends so much money, so much money on so many things that an investment into making sure umpires get it right matters. Coco wants me to wants to join the show. Go ahead, Coco. Say it here, and I'll say it there. Put it in my ear, and I'll say it. On March 31st, 1998, what happened? NBC affiliate KXAS, I don't know what that is, presented the first non-experimental high-definition broadcast of, of a regular season game. I'm, I'm repeating as he is. An opening day contest between the White Sox and the Rangers. Is that it, Coca? Please tell me there's more. Please tell me you didn't stop the show to talk about the travel habits of Mr. Santiago. When we come back, we're going to review a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch and Mrs. Maisel. And we are going to talk some baseball because the month of April was a very interesting month. We will be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. You have found us. Keep telling your friends about Nothing Personal. Thank you for listening to the Mailbag episode last week, the sit-downs with Joel Corey and Pudge Rodriguez. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 
and you are looking live at nothing personal. Download, follow, subscribe. When do we stop saying subscribe, Coca, soon? Download, follow, nothing personal. Tell all your friends. Follow us on Twitter at David P. Sampson. Instagram, if you so choose. Put questions in Twitter at DM. We'll maybe get to them. Review us on Apple. That's too much, right, Debo? Too much? All right, let's start with this. Tell your friends to download and subscribe to Nothing Personal. So we watch a movie every day, and I've been watching a ton of movies. I want to talk about a movie called The Courier right now. The Courier stars Rachel Brosnahan, who plays Mrs. Maisel. You may know her from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She plays an FBI agent. And this is a true story where Benedict Cumberbatch becomes a courier during the height of the Cold War. If I say Bay of, do you say pigs? Am I too old now? Coca, do you know what the Bay of Pigs was? How close we were to global thermonuclear war. The best game is not to play global thermonuclear war. Getting some war games in today. I'm feeling it, Coca. I'm feeling it, Jerry. So the courier is about a true story about a random salesman who is asked by MI6, as in James Bond, and by the CIA, as in Rachel Brosnahan, to deliver messages to a Russian general who they had as an informant and to get messages from the Russian general who was telling on Russia and where they had their nuclear capabilities and when they were aiming for the US from Cuba and what they were developing, et cetera. Unfortunately, Russia got word of it because this salesman, Benedict Cumberbatch, was spending so much time in Moscow that it had to be suspicious because everybody was suspicious of everyone. If you're, America, if you're an American in Moscow, time and time again back then, it's suspicious. If you're a Russian in America, time and time again, it's suspicious. So this was the height of the tension. And it turns out that there are people who wanted to start a war. And this Russian general wanted to stop it. And this American man tried to befriend the Russian and did. They had a lifelong friendship, except there was prison involved. Benedict Cumberbatch was phenomenal in this movie. Rachel Brosnahan, I have a hard time with because I picture as Mrs. Maisel. But I did find it interesting. I believe I paid $19.99 plus tax, Coca, and it's worth it. It's called The Courier. It's not a Marvel movie. It is a Cold War spy thriller. So this is our first regular nothing personal since the end of April. And the baseball season is one sixth complete already. That's not nothing. The way we would describe the end of April is as follows. It's still early, but it's late early. It's still late early in May, first week. Second week, it's extremely late early, but early mid. By the end of May, you are mid-mid. In June, you are late mid. In July, it's not early any longer because you've got to decide if you're going to add or subtract to the deadline. So we would look at April and look at where we were in the standings. We'd look at where we were from an offensive and pitching standpoint, from a defensive standpoint. We would start to calculate whether or not our off-season projections were correct. And I don't mean we did 25,000 simulations of the remaining 140 games. That's not what I'm talking about. Or 130 games, whatever are left. I'm talking about that we would get in a room at the end of April 
and we'd sit with the baseball people and say, okay, talk to me. Where are we? Well, we're doing way better than we thought from a hitting perspective, but we haven't able to translate into victories, but let's hang in there because the pitching's coming. Our pitching has been phenomenal. The hitting has been sporadic. We've run into a few outs, but the defense has been just okay. I think we're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. We're okay. Everything's okay. That's what's going on in 30 major league clubs. Los Angeles Dodgers, not with the best record in baseball. Everything's okay. Don't worry. Kansas City Royals, one of the best records after they were not going to make the playoffs because that's a wait to see because they won the Cactus League. All they're saying is, it's still early, but I like where we are. We're okay. Red Sox doing so well. We're okay. Yankees stink. We're not okay. I mean, beating up on the Tigers, does that count as being good? They're starting to hit a little better, but the Yankees hitting has been dreadful. After Garrett Cole, the Yankees pitching has been subpar. The Yankees are fighting it out with the Orioles for last place. Fighting out with the Rays. It's not how it's going to be at the end of the season. So I want everyone who's looking at standings right now, everyone who is saying Kansas City is going back to the playoffs, everyone who believes that the San Francisco Giants will win the NL West, everyone who thinks that upside down standings stay that way for a whole season, everyone who reads a tweet that says the standings at the end of April can often mirror the standings at the end of September. Horse hockey. Nobody in baseball views that. No executive. Be an executive. One time, be an executive. Be realistic. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy what you're going through. But don't for one minute think that what's going on in April is meaningful other than it was a fun April. I love how great Kansas City's doing. I love how great Seattle's doing. It's so much fun to have all these different fan bases engaged. I love the Dodgers aren't running away with the NL West. I love that the NL East absolutely stinks. Supposed to be one of the great um, divisions. Remember that? They're like struggling to have anybody above 500. Turns out they all stink. Best division in baseball. I said that. NL East is the deepest division. The surprise will be the Marlins finish ahead of the Phillies. I said that. Eh, could still happen because it's early, early. Or did I say it's mid early? <laughs> Do you know what is coming true? That is very serious that gets discussed right about now. It's the injury situation in baseball. One thing that we do inside boardrooms and inside suites and on team buses and planes and bars and restaurants and offices, oh my, and buffets with chicken wings, you are discussing injuries. You are hoping that you can stay within budget with your disabled list injuries. Remember I told you about budgeting for disabled list players? When a player's making $6 million, which is $1 million a month, and the player spends a month on major league IL, you have to give him a million dollars, except he's not playing for your team. So you have to have a player replace that player, and you can bring a player in at the minimum, where the minimum is $600,000, that's $100,000 a month. And if the guy's out for a month, you pay the guy a million not to play, but you pay an extra 100 grand for the other guy to play in his place, so you're down hundred grand, and your quality of player has obviously gone down or else the guy making hundred grand a month would have made the team not the guy making a million a month. You with me? No one likes injuries. 
but we were very clear that we had to pay close attention to April baseball because we were very concerned about the quick turnaround, the short spring training, the short off season, going from 60 games to 162, ramping up pitchers the way they did, and the injuries and the lack of performance have been staggering. Jordan Hicks, that great, great, great pitcher for the Cardinals. He throws about 127 miles an hour. Came back from Tommy John. He's hurt again. The Dodgers have tremendous injuries. Is that a coincidence they played through October? And now they've got Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, David Price got hurt. He didn't play last October, but he didn't play. So he got hurt. Corey Nabel. These guys are all hurt. You have pitchers who are counted on. Toronto Blue Jays gave $12 million to Tanner Rourke to pitch this year, two years, 24. They just got rid of him. Why is this happening and what can be done about it? You know why. Now here's the what. More off days. Better off season conditioning. More time to ramp up before the season starts, even if it's not in the confines of spring training. Pitchers need to be up in intensity before the regular season starts because they pretend they are, but they're not during spring training. Then the regular season starts and all of a sudden it counts and they're dialing it up. Position players need to get more than two innings of at-bats for the first week of spring training, first 10 days of spring training. You're having all these soft tissue injuries. George Springer finally came back for the Blue Jays. You're seeing all these players with hammies, with obliques. Shoulders, elbows, knees, shoulders, head, toes. Baseball owners have had enough. Changes are going to happen, folks. And here's what's going to happen. And this is not good for players. At some point, owners are going to say, we cannot afford to pay these players this much money and they get injured every single time. It's going to lead to a quashing of the higher salaries. Forget the fact that when you sign a player to a long-term deal and they don't perform and you just get booed. I'm talking about players who perform fine, but they just get hurt through no fault of their own. By the way, the booing I'm talking about, Francisco Lindor. The Mets are booing Lindor, Mets fans. I wonder if the owner's booing Lindor. I don't think so because he had ravioli with him. Why do fans boo? I guess it's their right. Someone asked me a question the other day that I thought was interesting. Do, does Francesco Lindor wish there were no fans because then he wouldn't be getting booed like last year when there were no fans? And my answer was no. Players love getting booed. They love getting cheered. They love, love, love fans being at games. They love hearing it. Road, fan, road players love getting booed. Home players don't love it, but they're okay with it because that means there's engagement. There's no apathy. But if you're a Met fan, what are you doing? You know, if he hits a home run, you're going to cheer. Are you booing because you're spending your hard earned money to watch him play and he's rich and he's having a bad April? But to me, when you boo a player for a bad April or a bad at bat, it just means you don't understand baseball. Baseball is a game of tremendous failure. And the players have to have the attitude that failure is the norm. Failure is going to happen 70% of the time if you're good. 60% if you're trout. That's a lot of failure. 
I hope when you boost for 60% of the outcomes that you cheer for the 40% or the 30%. And if you do, then do you wonder why the players don't focus on it? We'll see what happens going forward. But if I'm still owning a team, I am making it very clear that changes are coming. And the changes are going to come in the form of long-term deals. You're going to have a lot more short-term deals where if an injury happens, you can write it off and move on and not have a going-forward liability. You're going to see smaller guarantees with larger incentives where players have to stay healthy in order to get paid. All of those things are coming because the injuries are so significant in baseball. And it's only May 3rd. It's going to get way worse. What's getting better is the nothing personal pick of the day. Who remembers way back to Tuesday night, April 27th, we said the Red Sox would beat the Mets, and they did. 55 and 39, back to 16 over. We talked about the Royals a little bit, how well they're doing. Great at the top of the lineup. If you haven't watched Whit Merrifield play, please do. He's fun to watch. They're a fun little team. And I say little because that's so condescending. I don't mean to say little. They're actually a fun baseball team. I do not believe that they have the ability to win the Central, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be fun to watch all season. However, they are playing way over their heads. The Cleveland Indians are playing only okay, but this seems to be a unique opportunity tonight. I've got the Indians over the Royals. We're going to have a very good value here. So if you're looking for one game, Indians over Royals, nothing personal, pick of the day. I am disappointed, surprised, and upset with today's news, said Roberto Alomar. With the current social climate, I understand why Major League Baseball has taken the position they have. We're going to get back to that, Roberto. My hope is that this allegation can be heard in a venue that will allow me to address the accusation directly. We're going to get back to that too, Roberto. I will continue to spend my time helping kids pursue their baseball dreams. Uh-oh. I will not be making any further comment at this time. But I thought you wanted to be heard in a venue that will allow me to address the accusation directly. Roberto Alomar has a problem. He was banned for life. He got rosed. Roberto Alomar got rosed. Lifetime ban. Where did this come from? Rob Manford issued the following statement. At my office's request, an independent investigation was conducted by an external legal firm to review an allegation of sexual misconduct reported by a baseball industry employee earlier this year involving Mr. Alomar in 2014. Having reviewed all the available evidence from the now completed investigation, I've concluded that Mr. Alomar violated MLB's policies and that termination of his consultant contract and placement on MLB's ineligible list are warranted. We are grateful for the courage of the individual who came forward. MLB will continue to strive to create environments in which people feel comfortable speaking up without fear of recrimination, retaliation, or exclusion. That last sentence by the commissioner in his statement is in every statement because it's so important, and I agree it is critical. You must create an environment where people feel free to talk about what they are or have experienced. You must have independent investigations and analysis 
because you cannot allow someone to be accused and tried in the court of either public or non-public opinion and be terminated for life. So what happened here that Roberto Alomar was surprised? Nothing. Roberto Alomar's statement needs to have been much better. Let's break it down. I'm disappointed. Yes, so are we, Roberto. Surprised. How can you be surprised? You knew there was an investigation going on because I guarantee you the independent legal firm consulted with you and asked you questions and you had to give a statement. You're upset with the news? Okay, I'll give you that. Here's what your agent should not have had you write next. With the current social climate, I understand that is insulting to men, women, and anyone paying attention to the changes that we're trying to effectuate in this world. While it may go without saying, and it may be true that if not for the current social climate, you would have gotten away with whatever it is that you are being accused of and found to have done by the independent legal review of a law firm. Do not say that you are being suspended because of the current social climate. Either say you are being suspended because of the actions you took regardless of the year, or say, I am fighting this to my last breath because I know exactly what I'm being accused of and I didn't do it. The worst I've ever done is spit on an umpire named John Hirschbeck. That's the worst I've ever done. Roberto, you have a hope that the allegations can be heard in a venue that will allow you to address the accusation directly. Now's a good time. Are you being sued? Are there legal proceedings forthcoming? Are there criminal proceedings forthcoming? Are you being advised to keep it quiet? If your lawyers advise you not to talk about certain subjects, then the entire statement should be, because of the law, I will have no comment. Currently, you don't go through a five-sentence statement when you're not willing to address and or defend that which you are accused of doing. What I can't figure out is what went on in 2014, because we'll never know, it's being kept private. We don't know whether it was a writer, an employee, another player, a player wife, a player's brother, a player's sister, management, a GM, a president, wife, husband, significant other. We know nothing except Roberto Alomar did something that got him a lifetime ban. All the other violence and domestic abusers, Domingo Herman, Aroldis Chapman, they got 60 days, 80 days, 90 days, 120 days, whatever the case is, a year, two years, whatever they got. Not lifetime. Rob Manfred could have taken Roberto Alomar, was working as a consultant for MLB and just let him go and announced why he let him go. The Canadian, foot, the Canadian Hall of Fame, where Roberto Alomar is a member because he won two World Series with the Blue Jays in 92 and 93. Canadian football, 68, 68, 69. The Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is going to sever ties with Roberto Alomar, but the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame is not. I want to address that for one second because it fascinated me. The head of the Baseball Hall of Fame, keep in mind, it is a quasi-independent 
entity, even though it is funded in large part by baseball. The Hall of Fame said when Roberto Alomar was enshrined in the Hall of Fame, and I want to say it was 2011, Coca, that came before the allegations being discussed here today. That came before the allegations that led to his lifetime ban. He was a player of good standing and eligible for enshrinement when he was enshrined. They buried the lead. That's what the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to go with. They were in good standing at the time. There are a bunch of players who got into the Hall of Fame who were not really in good standing regarding a whole lot of things from racism to misogyny to sexism to gambling. I'm not exactly convinced that that's the story the MLB Hall of Fame should stick to. I believe the MLB Hall of Fame should have done a very simple statement from Jane Forbes Clark simply saying, we decided as a board and as an institution that Roberto Alomar's plaque will remain in Cooperstown, but we will be adding the dreaded asterisk to note that he has been banned for life. Why wouldn't they do that? That seems like the perfect response to this situation if you are the Hall of Fame. The reason why they don't like asterisks is they're very concerned about Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and yada and yada and yada and Clemens. If they get into the asterisk business, they need proof, they need facts. It's very different with the steroid guys than with Roberto Alomar. MLB concluded that Roberto Alomar did something that warranted his immediate termination and ban. That has got to be enough for baseball. And we're not talking about a schlepper player here. Roberto Alomar got in in his second, second ballot, 2011. This guy's probably the best second baseman, one of the best second basemen with Joe Morgan, certainly in the top five second baseman of all time. That's how good he was. You may not remember him. He played for Cleveland for a long time, for Toronto for a long time, played for a lot of teams at the end of the day, but that's how good he was. So baseball is heading down this slippery slope and we've got to put the brakes on it. I understand the times that we're in and that there is a finally consequences for actions. I'm in. But if we are going to start holding people accountable for actions based on accusations and then prove true by investigations, that's fine. And I'm in agreement. However, you've got to give us more as a public and you've got to give more leadership to your Hall of Fame. You've got to give more, more information to writers because we want to make sure that we understand as a society that we are not willy-nilly canceling people that we are doing it with a reason, with a purpose, and it is warranted. That's what I'm looking for. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Because love was in the air today. That's our show. And remember, it's just business. It's nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.